You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode 30. Hey guys, we're going to quickly jump into this episode today, not do a lot of intro talk, but I do want to remind you that all the greats, all the goats, G-O-A-T, greatest of all times, wrestle with the me monsters. It's those pesky, unruly, and even ugly character vices that will, are going to surface from time to time in our lives. But I believe the concepts in this episode are going to help you learn how to prepare for and handle those unique challenges that come with promotion. You know, when you when you get a solid perspective of, of where you are and where you're headed, it'll help you see the possibilities and sidestep the pitfalls that are in front of you. And they are in front of you. Um, competency and charisma, they'll get you in the door of opportunity, but it's that character that will keep you there, that will give you stability and longevity at the next level. And if you learn how to handle promotion well, you're going to have that greater longevity and impact at each new level. And we've been talking about seven observations about promotion. The promotion monster is the monster that lures you in. It's an attractive, you know, I want to get that at next level, you know, and sometimes we're motivated by the wrong thing. You know, we see the next level as a nicer car and, uh, you know, maybe a nicer watch and, you know, maybe a designer suit or a nice dress or, you know, the, the luxury part of the next level. But, you know, next level is not so much about luxury as it is the struggle. There's a struggle at the next level. And if you're prepared for it, you won't know everything there is to know about the next level. You're going to have to get there and find out. There's going to be some surprises and challenges and difficulties and obstacles that are unique to the next level. You're not going to know all of that ahead of time, but there are some personal character things that will help you help prepare you for the next level as you go into it, the way you walk into it. Last week, we talked about the first four observations that I've had over the years of leadership and life. Um, the first observation I had, I'll just review this, this with you as we step into the next one. Um, you need to humble yourself and you'll eventually be promoted. But if you promote yourself, you'll eventually be humiliated. So keep a spirit of humility as you walk into the next level. And then the second one we talked about is when you enter a season of promotion, things will get more difficult. Um, You know, with promotion, there's more difficulty. You know, I talked about Noah. You know, Noah was uh, favorable in God's eyes. He found favor in God's eyes. And then then it turns out he had to go build a big boat. And there were all kinds of challenges that came along with that. Think about it. Uh, with, with every promotion, there's always a, a greater price tag. You know, if you go into the Maserati dealership and you see that car, man, I would love to drive that car. And you could see yourself driving a Maserati and sporting around in it and just that next level luxury. But, you know, there's a price tag on that back window. And a lot of people are like, they want to drive the Maserati, but when they see the price, they're like, yeah, I'll just take the Toyota. You know, they don't really want to invest and save and go through the, you know, go through the hassle that, you know, next level opportunities come with a price tag. And so when you enter that next season of promotion, things are going to get more difficult. Don't be deceived. 
And then, you know, I said, number three, promotion reveals your true friends and your real enemies. You're going to have to leave some people to get to the next level. But just as much as the next level may reveal enemies, those people that couldn't go with you or those people that are waiting there, ready to uh, bring adversity into your life, um, just know that God will also bring some support and friends along that will help you when you get to that next level. And then number four, you delay promotion when you share your dreams with the wrong people. Matthew 7 and 6, don't cast your pearls before the swine lest they be trampled on. You know, some people can crush a dream as well as support it. So make sure you know and are conscientious and careful and prayerful about who you share your dreams with. Joseph is an example. He shared his dreams with the right people at the wrong time. Sometimes you just need to let God bring it to pass. I always say, let your results speak for you. Proverbs says, don't toot your own horn. You know, don't share your dreams with the wrong people. Silence is often the best protection. Uh, silence is often the best protector of dreams. Can't get my words out today. So let's jump into the next three points. It's going to be awesome. And I know it's going to help prepare you for that next level of, of promote. Gosh, I can't even talk today, guys. It's going to prepare you for the next level of promotion. I'm not editing this stuff out. I'm just going and letting you get it all raw and real as it comes. So let's jump into the next three and it's going to be great. All right. I'm going to slow down just a little bit. You know, my brain works faster than my mouth and I think ahead and I'm trying to rush it. So I'm going to slow down a little bit. My wife tells me I need to slow down a little bit. So I'm going to slow down. I'm going to take some good advice and I'm going to share these points with you carefully um, because I want to speak eloquently and have my words be precise to the point. Number five, sometimes promotion doesn't feel like promotion. You know, sometimes God will assign you somewhere that feels like you took a step back. Think about Elijah for a minute. You know, Elijah was sent to the brook of Kidron or the Kidron brook. And he was at the, he was at this brook and God was supernaturally providing his needs. The ravens were flying overhead and dropping bread down and he was drinking the water from the brook and you know, supernatural provision, the Israelites, supernatural provision. Here comes manna from heaven. But the Bible tells us that the brook dried up and the ravens stopped flying overhead. So the, the provision wasn't there anymore. And guess what? Elijah had to move. Elijah had to pick up and go to the next place. And the Bible tells us that God took Elijah to a widow's house and she had a dead and our dying son in the bedroom, on the bed, sick and dying, and had died. And the woman didn't have any food. She barely had any cornmeal in the in the in the the pot and barely any oil at all. I mean, she had didn't even have enough to make a loaf of bread. And when Elijah, could you imagine Elijah showing up and saying, What? God, I'm the man of God here. What is this? You know, let me just say something to all of you young ministers out there who see big name and big head leaders flaunting all their stuff and their expensive watches on social media and, and whatever it is, man. Next level leadership hasn't got anything to do with that. Okay, I'm just going to be honest and real with you. 
you know, people think, man, when I get to be the big man of God, I'm going to have the big house and the big church. And I've even heard people say, you know, I'm not even going to consider serving in a church that's less than a thousand. I'm not going to waste my time. Guys, come on. Guys, come on. It's time for you to get real. Promotion has nothing to do with all of those earthly material things. And here comes Elijah, the man of God, the man of God, the one true leader of Israel, the prophet, the one who walked in power and miracles. And he shows up and here's this widow's house. Now, if he'd have been like, like some of them leaders today that I've talked with, they're like, yeah, no, nah, I'm just not taking this job. I'm not coming here. The Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And you think small beginnings was years ago. Maybe God wants to start you at a new beginning. Sometimes people pray, God, give me a new beginning. God, I just need a new beginning. And then God opens the door for you to go somewhere. And it doesn't look like the new beginning you wanted because it's not the beginning of another level with lavish things and popularity and crowds and everything. It, it, it looks exactly like demotion. It looks like you've been demoted. And a lot of times leaders will second guess themselves and go, man, what did I do, man? Like, what? God, why are you bringing me here? I've been in a lot of wildernesses, folks. And there were seasons of times I had to adjust my vision. When I got there, it did not look like the place I wanted to be. But let me just give you an example. When I graduated from college, God opened a door for me in the hills of West Virginia, in the Appalachian Mountains, where it wasn't like the big city with all of the conveniences and and accoutrements and all the things that come along with just, you know, this lavish life. But in this little town, I got married to the most beautiful woman in the world. I've been married to her for 30 years, 31 years. We have two amazing kids. One's 24, one's 19. God has just blessed my marriage I was a youth pastor in this small little town for several years, 10 years to be exact. And it was a wonderful place. God used that place in my life to bring about some of the greatest things I've learned about life and leadership that I'm teaching you today. This was years ago. This was over 30 years ago when I moved to West Virginia right out of college with a with bright eyes and a bright future and ended up going into a place where there were hills. It was a coal mining community. Um, and it was everything that you would think of being, you know, country and hillbilly in the, I mean, there wasn't, I mean, you know, bluegrass music was, was the, 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 the music of the day. And, uh, you know, I was this contemporary modern guy. I was so out of place when I first moved there, but God used this place in my life to learn how to love people, to learn how to humble myself. Um, and God used it to build character in my life. I absolutely love this place. Today, I still miss it. And God helped me to fall in love and and reshaped and reformed the person that I was and helped me to learn what true ministry is about. Um, At the time that I was a minister there, I was also a music teacher. I was part-time minister, full-time music teacher, and I was traveling around schools uh, all week long. I had about five or six schools a week that I would travel to, and I taught in some of the most poor communities you could ever imagine children just showing up, most children just showing up to these schools to eat lunch. That was their food. Um, the places that they lived and the lives that they lived, it it was, it was so impoverished and oppressing. And God opened my eyes to the real world around me and helped me to develop a heart of compassion. Um, you know, 
What we need more of is compassion and less ambition, more compassion and less, less ambition. And so the promotion that God gave me didn't feel like a promotion, just like I can imagine Elijah walking in and seeing this widow with hardly any food in her cupboard and a boy that's about to die on the bed and probably had already died by the time he got there. He did eventually die. But the story tells us, if you read on in in the story, the story tells us that Elijah performed a powerful miracle in this home. God said, tell the widow to give you what she has. And so the widow gave Elijah everything she had. It was a little bit reluctant, but she did it. She trusted him. And the Bible says that God miraculously filled those pots with oil and the cornmeal, and she never ran out. It was an endless supply that came miraculously when that pot would empty of oil, it would magically or supernaturally fill again. And same with the cornmeal. It would supernaturally fill every time it emptied. God provided for this woman and God provided for Elijah supernaturally. I would venture to say that it was probably better than going to the grocery store and getting food to see God supernaturally supply every time the the pots would empty. Think about that. And then God went, God instructed Elijah to go up and and stretch himself out over that dying boy. And, and that boy came back from the dead and scholars and tradition and history tells us that that dying boy was, was Jonah, the man who won the city of Nineveh, who, who preached repentance to the city of Nineveh. You see, promotion sometimes doesn't look like uh, promotion to us. It feels like demotion. Think about Joseph. The Bible says when Joseph got down to Egypt after his brothers sold him into slavery, he had nothing but a loincloth on. The Bible says, and God's favor, the Lord was with Joseph. How many of you know that when Joseph got down to Egypt, it didn't look like a promotion? It looked like prison, and that's really what it ended up being. He got down to Egypt. He served in Potiphar's house, and then he got gloriously promoted to a prison. (laughs) And it wasn't because of what Joseph did. You know, Joseph tried to keep himself out of trouble, but God was to raise up a prince. God had to put him in prison. And sometimes it will feel like you are in prison where God has assigned you. It'll be desolate. No one will be there. No one will be there to shout your praises. Everybody will be against you in that small little church or that small little town or that small little ministry or whatever it is. And some, some folks don't even know what that is because they just, their eyes are on the big time and they scrape and scrap. And we talked about that, the ambition monster. Remember the ambition monster back a couple episodes ago? And then they find out that there's hungry dragons and tigers on the other side of those doors, ready to eat them for lunch. Guys, just don't ever despise the small places because God wants to do something in you that no big palace could ever do. Sometimes you will have to feel frustrated in your location. Sometimes you will have to be under pressure and isolation and being in the wilderness and in the desert for a while, just like Moses had to leave his palace and his throne as the prince of Egypt and be led by God down into a wilderness and a desert place and serve under Jethro and be a sheep herder and learn how to be a real leader. The Bible says that Moses was there for 40 years. 
until God called him to the mountain and gave him the assignment. But that trip down to the wilderness, that was a promotion. When, when, when it feels like it's not promotion, it just may be the next level that you need. And there'll be things to tackle, not just the assignment and the things that come along with it, but the mental battle that you're going to have to go through. But you just, just surrender where you are right now. Say, Lord, maybe I've missed what you've been trying to do in my life. Maybe I've missed some things that you need to show me that will help develop me for another level of promotion. You know, to most people, true promotion feels like a demotion. Even if you get a big time church, or even if you get a big time assignment, or God gives you another great job in a corporation somewhere, maybe that next place you'll think, man, I'm getting promoted. And then you get in there and feel like, man, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And it can feel like a demotion. Sometimes you may even be fired from a job, even if it's your fault or no fault of your own. God's in control. God knows what he's doing. God knows he's, the Bible says that he would finish what he started. He's, he leads you on the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God wants you to become all he wants you to be. And sometimes God will lead you into places that don't feel like a promotion. Don't be discouraged. Help God, ask God to help you just get everything you can out of where you are right now and ask him to teach you what it is you need to learn and you need to grow in so that you'll be ready for the next level that God wants to take you to. So sometimes promotion doesn't feel like promotion. Hey guys, just want to take a quick break and remind you that if you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a review and then share it with one or two other people in your circle of friendships and relationships that need to hear what you're hearing today. And by the way, we have just five episodes left in season one. So if you haven't done it already, subscribe, leave us a review and share it. So let's jump back into this episode and then I'll come back at the end with a few closing comments. All right, number six. And this is a big one. And this is one of the things that you need to know about being prepared in your character for promotion. Number six, if promotion isn't that important to you, then you're probably ready for promotion. You know, some people idolize that next level. And God, listen, guys, God is faithful to complete a work in you. The Holy Spirit's very efficient at his job. He's not going to let you have idols in your life. Titles and positions and status and money and wealth and fame and wide-scale influence can become an idol. People don't even know that it is an idol in their life. They chase it. They hire people to help them polish it and make it all that it should be to them. Just keep this idol erected, shiny, and tall so that we can all bow down to it. Keep this machine well-oiled and they'll hire people to help them hold up this idol. I've seen it happen. I've watched it. For the past 30 years, I've seen this idol of promotion, that next level, next level, big time, better things, better positions, more people, larger church, larger... I mean, guys, you can make promotion an idol. But I would, I would venture to say, if being 
promoted isn't that important to you, then you're probably ready for it. One of my, one of my favorite, uh, I guess, movies or series of movies is the Marvel movies, and I love Thor. Thor, the first Thor, was a great movie. There's such a powerful truth in there. He was an arrogant, Thor was an arrogant, young guy that just wanted to be on the throne. He wanted, to, he wanted the position. He wanted the power. He wanted the prestige. He wanted the attention. And he was cocky and arrogant. He was, he was definitely a powerful warrior. But Odin, his father, told him he wasn't ready for it. And he actually got cast out of Asgard and thrown down to the earth and had to go through a season of loneliness, of confusion, of attack from his own brother, feeling left out, feeling uh, completely foreign. All of his powers and all that he was didn't even matter. And his father said, you won't wield this hammer until you are worthy to, to wield it. And it's such a great illustration. Even through the Bible, we see that people weren't ready for promotion. And so they had to go through the battle and the test. I mean, Gideon, think about it, man. He was in a wine press and he had to learn how to trust God. And he had to learn that his own weapons and his own armament weren't what was going to get him the victory. It was, it was God's help. And unless we know that it's God, we're, we're going to try to fight the battle on our own. I always tell people, if you try to build something with your own hand, it will take the strength of your own hand to maintain it. And guys, we just can't afford that. We've got to let the Lord build ministry and leadership and whatever it is that he wants to build through our lives. We need to let it be him. We need to lean on him. And you're going to come to places in your life, hopefully, I know that I have many, many times in my life where I just really wasn't ready to go to the next level. I was afraid of it because I knew what it cost me. And then sure enough, God would open up a door for me to go into it and I would go afraid. I would enter that door afraid. And I would rather enter the door afraid and a little bit skeptical and cautious than to run into it thinking I'm the man for the hour. Because as soon as that happens, failure is right ahead. I would rather tiptoe into promotion than leap into it any day of the week. In fact, I'd rather limp into promotion. We know that that Jacob wrestled with God. He wrestled with God's destiny on his life. You know, he, he knew what God was doing in him and he wrestled with God. He wrestled with the angel that night and God struck his hip and he walked with a limp for the rest of his days. It's a reminder when you walk with a limp, you remember that it takes God, that you can't do it on your own and you've had to wrestle with some things. And I would rather walk with people with a limp than walk with people with a gait or a stride or a leap any day. I would rather walk with people who've been through things and come through some things. And, you know, that's what a real leader and a real, real promotion looks like. It's something that you don't just jump into. You, you walk cautiously. And if it's not important to you, you don't care if you get it or if you don't. And then usually that means you're probably ready and worthy to wield the hammer, okay? Um, Because a lot of people with power, that hammer in their hand, they're dangerous 
if, if they don't take it with humility. And this all relates back. Number six actually relates back to number one, you know, humble yourself and you'll be promoted, promote yourself and you'll be humility, humiliated. So you need to remember that promotion is of the Lord. If you believe that promotion is of the Lord, then you'll be able to recognize it when it comes. You won't be so quick to jump into it. So if promotion isn't that important to you, then you're probably ready for promotion. Hey guys, just before we hit point number seven, I just wanted to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. Um, If this has been encouraging or beneficial or if it's made an impact in your life, please by all means share it with one or two or more people who need to discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. And uh, also leave us a review, write it out. We want to know what you're thinking. The stars are great, but we want to know what you're thinking. And it also helps this podcast get out to more people. It helps those algorithms work in our favor. We want to impact and influence as many people as we can. And you can help us do that. If you've been listening for a while, subscribe. If it's your first time, subscribe and write us a review. Thank you so much for considering that. So let's hit point number seven. Whatever you're willing to surrender, you're more qualified to possess. Again, we're talking about how to handle promotion, how to be prepared for it, how to enter it when it comes. Let's take Abraham, for instance. Abraham was promised a son. He was well up in his years. Sarah was past the age of childbearing. But God promised them they would have a son. God changed Abraham's name. He was Abram before. Now he's Abraham. It was Abram. And then in Hebrew, it's Avraham. And what God did is he took the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is hey, which when you say the word hey, it's breath. Hey. And the word hey, the letter hey in the Hebrew alphabet, alphabet is grace. It's the breath of God. It means grace. And God breathed grace into Avram's life and he became Avraham. Sarah's name was Sarai, but God breathed into her name with the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, hey, and now it's Serha. Serha. He breathed into her. And that fifth letter of the alphabet, the number five, represents grace. God breathed grace into Avram and Sarai and changed their name to Avraham and, and Sarah. Serha. And when he breathed into them, his power, his grace entered their life and made them capable to produce the impossible, the supernatural. And I want to remind you of that today, that God's grace in your life will help you to accomplish the impossible. With man, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. The grace of God is on you to do those things that you don't think you're capable of doing. God's grace is mighty on your life. His breath is on your life. God says, hey, (laughs) that's the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. He says, hey, you can do all things through me who strengthens you. You're capable. You're able. You'll have all grace to abound unto every good work. Second Corinthians 9 verse 8. Man, I want to encourage you going out of this podcast. And, and point number seven, I bring up Abraham's name because when God promised him he would have a child, and by the way, when God spoke to Abraham, he said, you see those stars up there? You see the sands on the ocean out there? That's how many descendants you're going to have. And as Abraham and Sarah dwelt together for a while, they couldn't even have a son. And they probably forgot the promises of God because they went ahead and 
And Abraham conspired to do it in his own strength and manipulated the situation. And he got Sarah to go into her handmaiden, Hagar. And and Sarah brought Hagar into Abraham. And Abraham and Hagar got together and they had a son out of his handmaiden. And they kind of rushed ahead and were presumptuous on the will of God and didn't wait on God. I want to encourage you to wait on God. You know, Abraham wanted that promise so bad that he... He, he, he had to take it in his own hands and do it in his own way. And they bore a son. His name was Ishmael. And 13 or 12 or 13 years later, guess what? Sarah has a child. Sarah has a child and names him Isaac. And there was contention in the family. You need to read the whole story. There's contention in the family. Ishmael, God said to Abraham, you need to send Hagar away. And so Hagar and Ishmael went out into the desert and it was, I mean, it just made, it made a really dysfunctional mess. You know, when you step ahead of God's will and you try to do things in your own timing, in your own way, you'll make a mess of it. There'll be all kinds of dysfunction. Wait on the Lord, surrender this promotion, surrender this desire, surrender this thing that you want so badly to God and say, God, if I get it fine, if I don't fine, I surrender it to you. That's where God begins to really do his greatest work when we surrender the dreams and the aspirations and the goals that we want so badly to chase after, to go after. In other words, promotion isn't as important to us as it used to be. And it usually takes a few hard knocks and being in the university of adversity to finally come to the understanding that, man, maybe this thing isn't as important as I thought it was. You know, I don't want a promise from God to turn into a problem in myself. God doesn't want his promises to be problems in your life. He wants his promises to be uh, powerful. He wants his promises to be uh, something that builds you up and, and blesses your life. He doesn't want them to be a curse in your life. Don't let a promise of God turn into a curse by you doing it in your own way. Wait on God. And whatever you're willing to surrender, you're more qualified to possess. If you can say, man, I really don't want this, man. I just give it to the Lord. Then you're probably ready to possess it. You're probably ready to take. You're more qualified to handle the important assignments from God. God needs humble men to walk in in the promises of God. God needs humble men and women who will handle his promises and promotion with humility and caution and care and love and patience. And, you know, Abraham messed it up. But when the promise came along, that promise became an idol in his life. You know, your children can be idols in your life. Did you know that? Did you know that God's blessing in your life can actually become an idol? Your church can become, pastor, your church can become an idol. Your, your, your husband or your wife can become an idol second to God, first to God, before God, um, your money, your business, your possessions can be idols if you're not careful. And Isaac was this promise, this dream that Abraham had, and he finally got the promise and now he's become an idol. And God says, I need you to take your son to the Mount of Moriah and sacrifice him unto me. We know that God really didn't intend for that to happen. What he was telling Abraham is he's, I said, I want you to give up this dream. I want you to lay this idol down before me 
Because remember when Abraham got ready to go to the mountain, he told his servants, me and my son will come back. So Abraham knew that God wasn't really wanting him to kill his son. What God was wanting Abraham to do was to lay down the idol that he had made out of a promise. And, you know, when he got to the mountain, as he lifted up the knife, he heard the voice of God, stop, don't do it. He looked over and there was a ram in the thicket. God provided a sacrifice, and that sacrifice, by the way, was a type and shadow of Jesus, that Jesus was given for us. He was the sacrifice for our pride, our sin, our presumption, our immorality, our uh, impatience, and whatever other sins that we commit, the sacrifice was for that. And God was trying to teach Abraham, don't let your most prized possessions, even the promises that I've given you, become an idol. Lay them down on the altar. And we all know that Isaac became the father to the father <laughs> of many nations. Um, and God performed his promise. And here's a powerful principle for you to remember. When God promises you something, it doesn't mean you'll always see it. Do You know that Abraham didn't get to see the fulfillment of that promise. Just because God gives you a promise, maybe God wants to use you to get his promise through you. It's not to give the promise to you, but it's to give his promise through you. See, God's promises are bigger than we can contain. God said, I would give you everything and you won't even be able to contain it. I'll bless you so much that you won't even be able to contain it, the Bible tells us. And so what God's trying to do is get his promise through you. God wanted to use Abraham for a bigger purpose. You see, God's purposes are bigger for you. And if you're going to really see the purposes of God come to pass in your life, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to accept the fact that you may not see it all come to pass. You surrender it to him. Okay, God, maybe I'm a piece in the puzzle. And really you are because you're not meant to hoard the blessings of God or the promises of God. You're meant to pass them on to leave a legacy in the life of others. If God is doing something in you, it will always outlast your lifetime. God wants to do something that outlasts you. He wants to use you, but God wants to bless future generations through you. Sure, you may see some things about that blessing, about that promise now, but it doesn't end with you. It, it goes through you and beyond you. And so remember that if you're willing to surrender that promotion to God, what you're understanding at this point is that the promise and the promotion is bigger than you are, and it will always be bigger than you. When you come into a season of promotion, that next level of promotion is to pass on blessing and pass on legacy to those whom you are called to lead or influence or impact or whatever that is. That next level job with money that you have, that money that God wants to bless you with is not so that you can drive nicer cars and have a nicer house and have a, a boat and, and have nicer things. It's that money that God is bringing you into is to be used for the kingdom of God and to bless others. Anytime you come into promotion, you should always ask God, what do you want me to do with this promotion? Because it's not for you. It's for those whom God has assigned you to impact and influence in the world around you. So whatever you're willing to surrender, you're more qualified to possess. And when Abraham lifted up that knife and he was about to bring it down on Isaac, I bet, just bet that, that Abraham was like, I get it, God. Isaac is yours. He's not mine. He was a promise you gave me, but it wasn't for me. It was for the nations of the world. And I don't know, maybe as Abraham was lifting his knife up in the air, maybe he looked down and thought, maybe it's about Isaac and not about me. Maybe God wants to do something through Isaac 
Maybe God wants to speak through Isaac. Maybe Isaac is, is bigger than me. Maybe Isaac is, is meant for great things. I don't know. But I believe at that moment that Abraham was willing to surrender this whole idea of this idol, a promise that had become an idol. And I believe God wants to do that through you. I believe God wants you to see it much bigger than yourself. So in our discussions about the promotion monster, let's just recap it real quick. Number one, humble yourself and you'll eventually be promoted. Promote yourself and you'll eventually be humiliated. Number two, when you enter a season of promotion, things will get more difficult. Number three, promotion reveals your true friends and your real enemies. Number four, you delay promotion when you share your dreams with the wrong people. Number five, sometimes promotion doesn't feel like promotion. Number six, if promotion isn't that important to you, then you're probably ready for promotion. And number seven, whatever you're willing to surrender, you're more qualified to possess. Hey guys, that's all the time we have left. Listen, don't let promotion chew you up. Learn how to overcome some of the pitfalls that come along with promotion. Hey, if this episode has blessed you in some way, want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review and share it with one or two other people. Hey, more people if you want to, so that we can increase the awareness of this podcast and share our content with more and more people, helping them discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. Can't wait till the next episode. And until then, we'll see you. 